Tarkir, a plane of tumultuous violence. Its history has been written and rewritten, forged in dragonfire and cast in blood. It has at times been a land of soaring winged beasts, at times a land of duplicitous cons, but always a land roiled by ambition's consequence. In a time now lost, Tarkir's dragons died out, and from their bones arose five great clans whose cons carved the plain, with fortunes shifting as desert sands. Conflict was constant between them, connivance rare. The cons moved against another to claim land and glory. Their character, their conviction, and their reverence towards the ancient form of the dragon shaped the Khanates under their rule, bestowing upon each clan a distinct worldview, unique strengths, and unforeseen weaknesses. One such clan embraced the dragon's ruthlessness, symbolic of its sharp fang. Within the humid, steaming jungles, impenetrable to outside eyes, this clan slinks and schemes. Their dark ambitions fuel darker machinations. They probe their enemies from a distance, scanning for weakness before plunging a dagger deep in the back. They aren't bound by honor, unfettered by duty. They do all in their power to seize more, and their resources are immeasurable. They dig through the past and beneath the earth to acquire forbidden knowledge. Masters of undeath, experts of assassination. They are the Sultai Brood. Though they live in a time that's not seen dragons for ages, the clans of Tarkir are exposed to their memories through ossified remains and distant wisdom. Each clan views the dragon as a sublime being and fully embraces one aspect of its character. The Sultai Brood revere the dragon's fang and embody the sharp edge of ruthless greed. They occupy a fetid, overgrown tract of Tarkir's rainforest, which blends seamlessly into swampland that does well to obscure the intentions of the clan. Stories trickle forth of unbound avarice, tales of a clan obsessed with wealth, fat with surplus, who lays about feeding hedonistic fantasies. They are but a sham veneer that veils the true power wielded by the Sultai. This clan employs intrigue, espionage, and assassination to ruthlessly pursue grand designs. Symbolic of the Fang, Sultai rip through defenses, tear allegiances apart, and devour both body and mind to achieve their goals. Treachery is possessed by all members of the Sultai, which bonds them strongly to black mana present in the Gurmag swamp. From the muck rise terrible zombies and undead horrors the likes of the rotting Mastodon and Gurmag Angler, a massive fish whose text grants insight into the bog's dangers. If everything in the Gurmag swamp hungers for human flesh, what bait could be more effective? The Sultai feed off of this rotten quagmire. As the color of ambition and conceit, black mana is used by the brood members to further personal schemes. It engenders a sense of cutthroat selfishness and mistrust pervasive amongst the Sultai, which we see in cards like Rakshasa's Secret and Reach of Shadows. Black is also the color of death and profane knowledge. Sultai are master necromancers that animate rotten corpses of those consumed by the Gurmag seen in grave strength as well as the bodies of fallen enemies on display and empty the pits to swell their ranks. The flavor text of the former reads, So long as death follows life, the supply lines of the Sultai will never be cut. The shambling undead are used as slaves, warriors, and playthings for vile necromancers. Knowledge, not merely numbers, comes from Sultai death magic. Their mages and scryers read entrails of the deceased through dark rituals to glean wisdom, their memories empower the brood who values insight as much as gold. We see these incantations on display in cards like Carsi Sadist and Rite of the Serpent, whose flavor text reads, 
from your death, new life, from your loss, our profit. Black's unabashed pursuit of forbidden insight is furthered by the blue mana ley lines suffusing the Meringue River, a swift flow, the current of which covers many atrocities, as we hear in the flavor text of Meringue River Prowler. The currents of the Meringue wash away both tracks and blood. Blue is the color of contemplation, insight, and consideration. Like black, it's cold and creates a clan of calculating schemers. The Sultai work tirelessly to acquire knowledge and impart it only sparingly. They view it as a tool and commodity to exploit weakness which we hear in the flavor text of Smoke Teller. See your enemies from a thousand sides. Then you will find a thousand ways to kill them. Sultai wizards perform unhallowed incantations to reach new levels of understanding illustrated in Dig Through Time and then wield such information with a deft hand to gain personal clout at the expense of others. So important to the Sultai is the acquisition of knowledge that they enlist the skills of skullkeepers to preserve the intellect of those recently killed. This is summarized in the text of Sultai Skullkeeper. A skullkeeper is the first to arrive after the palace archers strike down intruders, probing their brains for choice bits of knowledge. Blue also equips the clan with powerful countermagic and spells of concealment utilized by brood assassins to slip through defenses undetected. The dark scheming and prevalence of necromantic practices are kept in check by the pulsating surges of green mana that emanate from the surrounding Segu jungle. The Segu is a rampant wildscape where all manner of predators stalk the choked forest floor, one of which is depicted in Segu Mahler. Green is the color of nature, of life and reverence towards all that is untamed. Sultai do much to upset the natural order of life, but through green mana they've learned to respect nature and exploit its own methods. They are master trackers, capable of navigating the jungle maze and lay traps for interlopers as seen in Scout the Borders. They gather nature's most potent toxins and distill them into deadly poisons used to coat daggers and arrows. The Sultai command great behemoths into battle or direct their aggression towards foes. These three colors, black, that of greed, blue, that of knowledge, green, that of nature, meld together to create a clan of dubious schemers who pursue knowledge and wealth and who exploit the nature of their environs to secure position. This is embodied in the Naga wizard and leader of the Sultai, Sidisi, brood tyrant, who maintains preeminence through intrigue and underhandedness, whose zombie attendants ensure she is in want of nothing. The Sultai brood consists of highly stratified factions that both overtly challenge another in court and covertly backstab all in pursuit of power. Influence determines status, and treachery ensures safety. Those who rise to the highest peak know that the inevitable fall is swift and decidedly terminal. Theirs is a culture of debauched excess. Pleasure gardens, jungle harems, and gilt palaces symbolize power to the Sultai. All things shimmering command their attention. Avarice and greed rule, which we see illustrated in Villainous Wealth, and here in the flavor text of Glint. Rakshasa wastes no opportunity to display their wealth and power, even in the midst of a sorcerous duel. Ostentatious displays of opulence do well to earn grudging respect from rivals, and to distract from ignoble designs heard in the flavor text of Treasure Cruise. Countless delights drift on the surface, while dark schemes run below. Traps abound within the Sultai brood that engenders a cutthroat selfishness where cooperation is rarely offered and never without stipulations. 
When Sultai machinations align, their malice is typically directed at other clans that encroach on the Segu jungle. Tolerance for outsiders is slight. Caution is necessary when dealing with Sultai emissaries, who possess great skill in diplomatic dialogue, to achieve their ends. If thwarted, Sultai aren't above resorting to devious means as seen in typhoid rats, released to spread plague among the Abzan. The text reads, When Tassigur sent his ambassadors to the Abzan outpost, the true envoys were not the Naga, but the infectious rats they carried with them. The brood is haven for all things shambling, slithering, and sinister. A panoply of Tarkir's dark creatures swell Sultai ranks. Like most clans, humans occupy various positions throughout brood society, from mystics to warriors to scheming counselors. A unique race of snake folk called Naga inhabit Tarkir's steaming jungles, and their members have entered the Sultai fold. Nagas are cold-blooded and fierce. In battle, their sinuous and well-muscled bodies throttle foes or asphyxiate through constriction. At a distance, Naga can hit targets with bolts fired from bows while weaving through the shadowed underbrush, which we see illustrated in Segu Archer and Archers of Karsi. The flavor text of which highlights this race's skill. We think of the Naga as creeping cutthroats, slitherers in the swamps, but they are equally at home in the trees. In court, Naga perfect slithery intrigue to rise to high stations. They are cunning and act as advisors, necromantic scryers, and mystical sages seeking deep wisdom. Karsi Deceiver and Karu Spellsnatcher showcase the magical abilities innate to many of this race. Though they write themselves as draconic descendants, Naga have ancient human ancestry whose forms were twisted after striking demonic bargains to secure power, summarized in the flavor text of Sultai Soothsayer. The Naga of the Sultai Brood made deals with dark forces to keep their power. Sidisi and her snake folk rule the Brood absolutely. Another race unique among the Sultai and indigenous to Tarkir's swampy marshes is that of the Rakshasa. These cat demons resemble humanoid tigers in appearance and are possessed of limitless reserves of profane dark magic. They can summon horrors to lay waste to armies. Their magic saps vitality and invigorates them, seen in Rakshasa Death Dealer. They lust for wealth above all else and offer dangerously duplicitous deals to the ambitious, wishing to utilize their power. We hear this perfidiousness in the flavor text of Rakshasa's secret. The voice of Rakshasa is soft, its breath sweet, but every word is the murmur of madness. The Sultai owe much to these demons. If not for a deal struck with the Rakshasa, the clan wouldn't possess its significant power. Reliance on these fickle creatures is precarious, and if they were to withdraw their support, the brood would surely collapse. They advise top Sultai leaders in trade and secrets, all while amassing more individual clout. Other demons, the likes of Archfiend of Depravity and Necropolis Fiend, sit deep within overgrown catacombs and trap souls with whispered promises of power. The foundation of the Sultai, from whose tireless labor opulent palaces are erected and leisurely whims are indulged, are the putrid hordes of Tarkir's undead. Zombies, also called Sipsig, fill a vital role of slave in the Sultai brood. Their unquestioning work allows their master the freedom to enjoy hedonistic excess. Many zombies are enemies fallen in battle and given new life by necromancers, heard in the flavor text of shambling attendants. Let the world behold what becomes of those who defy us. 
Others are rotten, decayed corpses of beasts dredged from the endless muck. Sibsig act as warriors, laborers, or attendants to nobles and court. The number of undead one has in retainer is just another in a long line of symbols Sultai use to flaunt power. For the Sultai, the time of Khans has passed into impossible myth, this branch of reality severed by the actions of Sarkhan Vol. Their fate, much like that of the other clans, has been reforged, their new reality dominated by soaring voracious and savage dragons no longer extinct. With the invigoration of dragon storms on Tarkir, the clans found themselves not merely engaged in intrigue amongst another, but in a struggle for existence against rapacious, implacable dragon broods. With the subsequent Khanfall, the clans were swallowed and subsumed by draconic overlords, their ultimate fates dependent on the whims of such powerful creatures. For the schemers of the Sultai brood, death came not through valiant battle, not in sweeping dragonfire, but through cruel manipulation. Tassigur, the Golden Fang, was instigated into offending both the Naga and Rakshasa of the ancient Sultai, who quickly withdrew their support for the clan. They instead ingratiated themselves to black and blue aligned Dragonlord Silumgar and his brood. Without access to such powerful magic, the Sultai fell to Silumgar's predation. Noxious fumes, poisonous breath, and acid rained down upon the disgraced Sultai from above. Within weeks, the resplendent palaces were transformed into necropolises, the wealth plundered and added to Silmgar's opulent horde. What remained of the Sultai bowed to the Elder Dragon and were incorporated into his brood. The new Silmgar clan reflects the cruelty, cunning, and destruction of their ruler. They have lost access to green mana and grown more powerful in magic offered by black. Silmgar assassins are trained to wield caustic spells and spread pestilence among enemies. Their sorcerers are adept in countermagic and divination, able to thwart or misdirect with ease. Their cold-blooded ambition and severity is apparent in the exploit mechanic. Through sacrifice of a lesser being, their power is multiplied. Clan Silumgar is boastful, avaricious, and vain, but possessed of such lethal cunning that no other clan dare cross them without feeling their venom. Sultai a name that in one reality represents the pinnacle of depravity and dark excesses, that in another has crumbled from vain glory and been lost to time. Theirs is a clan of death and exploitation, of natural and mystical understanding, of profane wisdom. They exude luxury, they pride themselves on ostentation. Cunning in court and deadly on the field, they are not a clan to be trifled with. As opaque as the Gurmag swamps, as devastating as the Sagu forest, as swift as the Meringue River, all who meet them remember the name Sultai. Thanks so much for watching and listening to this video on the Sultai Brood, and this wraps up our series exploring the clans of Tarkir. Now I want to hear from you. Let me know your thoughts on Sedisian or Brood, Silumgar and his dragons, as well as suggestions for future videos in the comments below. And if you're a fan of lore and storytelling, be sure to subscribe to the channel, check out the podcast or blog where content is uploaded frequently. I want to thank my amazing supporters over on Patreon who make all of this possible, and I couldn't do it without their fantastic support. If you'd like to become a lore luminary for access to me, a great community, written scripts, and early video drops, head to patreon.com slash thelorebarians to learn more. Until next time, go forth and explore the lore.